Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coaching searches going on around the league. We're headed into championship weekend. It's always a great time to have our next guest on, but really, right now is a great time to have Peter King, Football Morning in America, on with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Peter joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Peter, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, still wondering what the Cardinals are going to do. They've got their uh, Sean Payton interview today. Are you of the belief that some people <laughs> seem to have, Peter, that uh, this might just be a feeling out process for Sean Payton and, and, and maybe there's not an ideal spot for him to get into coaching this year? Well, I think there's one or two really good spots for Peyton. Uh, one would be Denver. If, as I suspect, Russell Wilson is pushing for him and, and has indicated to Peyton that he will accept hard coaching, he will accept whatever rules. You know, last year, Russell Wilson in Denver kind of had the run of the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had an office in the building. He had a video crew around him a lot. It was just, I, I think Sean Payton is going to, you know, if he took that job or whoever takes the job, quite honestly, should strip all that stuff away. But but we're not here to talk about the, the Broncos. I, I think he, I think the other part of that job that would be interesting to Payton is that they'd pay him a mint to take the job if indeed they get down that road. And look, there's about five coaches, what I'm told, in the NFL right now who are making an average of $15 million or more. To come back, Peyton, I would think, is going to need to be in that league, uh, you know, and in the upper echelon of that league. And that is going to scare a few teams away. I'm not sure that Michael Bidwill wants to play in that league. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other place, I think, is Houston, even though I'd be scared witless of Houston right now uh, <laughs> after you'd say whatever you want, but your actions speak loudest. Uh, they hired David Cully two years ago, uh, kept the job for one year. They hired Lovey Smith and said, oh, he's definitely not a one-year guy. And he was a one-year guy. So pardon me if I don't trust anything that the, uh, <laughs> yeah. at the, that the Texans say right now. But look, the Cardinals' job is interesting from a lot of different standpoints. One, you know, are you going to be able to get on the same page and get the most out of an enigmatic player like Kyler Murray? That's the huge, huge question. The thing about Dan Quinn that if I were Michael Bidwell, I would be very tempted by is that Dan Quinn is the most positive human being on the face of the earth. And he will convince uh, everybody on the team, but particularly Kyler Murray, he'll look him in the eye and he will say, we are going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and he, and that's who Dan Quinn is. That's who he was in Arizona. He was very, he talked to anybody there, and they loved playing for the guy because it was always a sunny day. So that definitely would be a positive for Dan Quinn. I think the issue right now with this franchise, honestly, the way I look at it, and good for them in hiring Monty Austin Fort because he has a great pedigree, and I don't know Monty Austin Fort, but his resume speaks for itself. 
Uh, he has a, you know, he's a very, very highly regarded, uh, you know, uh, scout and uh, and a guy who knows where the where the players are. But I, I also think one of the things is you're going to have to find a really good offensive voice and offensive force, um, you know, to team with Kyler Murray. And you're also going to have to do well in personnel acquisition, you know, in the, in the next year or two to really get uh, the Cardinals uh, back in contention. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, Peter, that we have in Arizona, it has been a season of dysfunction from that Chris Mortensen yeah. report in the Super Bowl a year ago when we first learned of all the, the dysfunction surrounding Kyler Murray. How important is that strong leader? And in your, in, from your experience, what is the best play to get a guy like Kyler Murray right, to get him to the level he needs to be? He's got to believe in what you're doing. He just, that's an absolute must. The fact is, no matter how excited it, how exciting it was at the beginning, the most amazing and least discussed stat in the last 13 week, 13 months in the NFL is that the Arizona Cardinals in early December 2021 were 10-3 in the one seed in the NFC. Since that day, they are 5-18, uh, and 18, and they've won one game at State Farm Stadium. That's an absolute total disgrace. Disgrace. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's it, Michael Bidwell did the right thing. He cleaned house. You have to clean house. Even if you owe a coach and general manager eight billion dollars, uh, because you probably, uh, y- y- you know, y- you you probably got a little bit ahead of your skis last year in signing both those guys to big money deals, <laughs> and it appears now you certainly got ahead of your skis in signing, uh, you know, in signing Kyler Murray. So look, it's. You know, there's a fire in Tempe. The fire alarm's going off, and somebody's going to have to somebody's going to have to answer. You know, the fire alarm. And to me, look, I don't, I don't, I don't have any idea who's the leader in the clubhouse, who they like, who they. I, I, I don't know. All I know is that Dan Quinn is the kind of guy who, on day one, is going to stand in front of the press and the public. And he is going to convince you, listen, don't worry, we're going to be fine. We have great pieces here, and I am going to be the captain of this ship to turn this thing around. And so if that is what Michael Bidwill wants, there's not a better guy than him. Now, I'm not saying he's the best guy for this job. I love D'Amico Ryans, absolutely love D'Amico Ryans. I don't know right now who D'Amico Ryans would want to bring in his as his offensive guy uh, and whether, you know, that would be convincing enough for Michael Bidwill. So I can't answer that question. But uh, I think there's some very good candidates out there 
And I like the fact that not only the Cardinals, but all these teams are truly taking their time and kind of plumbing the depths of the coaching field. Yeah. Peter King, Football Morning in America, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, shifting to the playoffs, and I know after last week's games, Peter, you spent some time with Brock Purdy, who's been an unbelievable story for the 49ers and a lot of local interest since he's from Arizona. How do you size up Brock Purdy's chances to become the first rookie ever to win a championship game and quarterback his team to the Super Bowl? Because Philadelphia looked really good last week. It's just so shocking and so Kyle Shanahan-ish. But I'll tell you, there's two things about Brock Purdy. I've talked to him twice in my life. I happened to be at the Miami game, which is the first game he played. And afterwards, I had 10 minutes with him and said to him, hey, you're playing Tom friggin' Brady next week. And how does that feel? And he goes, cool. He's played football longer than I've been alive. And, you know, and, 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 and this week, you know, I got him uh, for a few minutes in the hallway outside their locker room after the game. And, you know, he is not into, holy crap, look where I am. He's just not into it. And you know why? Because he knows, and rightfully so, that crap can't help me right now. Maybe at the end of the season, I'll say, whew, wow, that was a wild ride. That was great. <laughs> but, uh-huh. but, you know, look, I had, a, I had a conversation last week with Matt Campbell, his coach at Iowa State. And Matt Campbell told me a great story about the impact of Brock Purdy at Iowa State. He said that before senior night, when he finished, uh, you know, his last game, which was just, you know, a year and two months ago, really, when you think about it, in Ames, Iowa, they're going to go out and play, I think, Kansas State. And he's in the locker room and he hands everybody in the locker room uh, a, uh, you know, he had copied and he hands everybody a piece of paper and it's got a poem on it. And the poem is called The Bridge Builder. And that poem is what he read it to his team and he said, this is what Brock Purdy has done for this program. And his whole point was, we used to be, you know, we're gonna, it's a nice year if we're five and six in the Big 12. Okay? No more. We are competing every year to be a top 20 team, a prominent bowl team, and one guy did this, and that's Brock Purdy. And, you know, and and I'll tell you, uh, when you start, I've made this point ever since he started playing, and that is I don't care who you are. I don't care what your hand size is. I don't care about any of that stuff. When you start 48 games at a Power 5 conference and you win you know, some of those games, huge games, and you play at Texas when you're 18 years old and there's 100,000 people there, and you play in Norman, Oklahoma twice before 90,000. I mean, look, I mean, he, he respects what he's going to see at the link uh, on Sunday, but it's not going to be the first time he's ever heard a crowd telling him he's a piece of dog food. <laughs> you know, he, he, he has been there. He has been there. He's experienced that. Who starts 48 games in a Power 5 conference 
plays well, turns a program around, and is the last pick in the draft. Wow. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, look, I don't know anything. I, I'm not a scout. I'm not anything. But how in the world can some of these scouts, these Midwestern scouts, look themselves in the face now and look, go back and look at their reports that they wrote on Brock Purdy after watching him for the last eight weeks? How can they say, man, I'm really good at my job? <laughs> if you flunk Brock Purdy, how do you say I'm really good at my job? Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know. I, 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 hey, look, I kind of think Philadelphia is going to win this game, but we've all seen it in the last two months. Nobody's going to be really surprised. Because, look, Brock Purdy, I, I, how about this? These, these two numbers to me blow me away. All right. He entered the game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt like five minutes into that game against Miami. So everybody says, well, it's not really eight games. It's only seven. No, it's eight. He played 90% of the eighth game. So he's played eight games. And in those eight games, Brock Purdy has never fumbled the football. Wow. Never. And he's thrown three interceptions. And you have seen time after time. Every defensive coordinator says, hey, we're throwing the house at this kid. See if he can handle it. Well, he can handle it. Yeah. And, you know, he, he wasn't great the other day against Dallas. But you know what was the difference between him and Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott kept throwing it to the other team. Brock Purdy never did. Big difference. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Peter. We appreciate you, great man. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Peter, okay. for joining us. We always appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys.